he said, وَلَا نَرَى الْخُرُوجَ عَلَىٰ أَئِمَّتِنَا وَوُلَاتِ أُمُورِنَا And we do not hold rebelling against our rulers and those in authority over our affairs. And we do not hold rebelling against our rulers and those in authority over our affairs. Sheikh Fawzan said in explanation, this is a tremendous matter. So from the fundamentals of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, of the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah, is that they do not hold rebelling, khuruj. They do not hold rebelling against those in authority of the affair of the Muslims. And he mentions an ayah, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu ati'u Allah wa ati'u rasul Surah An-Nisa, the fourth surah, ayah 59, with the explanation, O you who believe, obey Allah and obey the Messenger and those in authority amongst you. Then he gives a hadith. He said, He, alayhi salatu wassalam, said, Man yuti'il amira faqad ata'ani wa man yaksil amira فَقَدْ أَصَانِي Whoever obeys the ruler, then he has obeyed me. And whoever disobeys the ruler, then he has disobeyed me. In a footnote they mention, this hadith is reported by Al-Bukhari as hadith 2957 and reported by Muslim. And it's from a hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu an. Sheikh Fawzan said, so it is not permissible to rebel against them, even if they are open sinners, since the pledge of obedience has been established for them, and their leadership is confirmed. And rebelling against them, even if they are open sinners, produces great evils with regard to breaking of strength and unity and splitting and removal of security and the unbelievers prevailing over the Muslims. All of these things result if the Muslim rulers are rebelled against even if they're wicked rulers. If they're rebelled against by the Muslims, then it results in all of these things. Many great evils, he said, with regard to breaking the strength and unity, splitting of the Muslims, removal of security from them, and the unbelievers prevailing over them. Then he brings a quote from Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. He said, Shaykh al-Islam, rahimahullah ta'ala, said, A people never rebelled against their ruler except that their condition after the rebellion was worse than their condition before the rebellion or as he mentioned you'll find a similar quote to this from Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah in his book Minhaj al-Sunnah Minhaj al-Sunnah and nabawiyyah where he said 
and perhaps it is hardly known at all of any group that rebelled against their ruler except that their rebellion produced such corruption that it was greater than the corruption which it removed. And back to what Shaykh al-Fawzan mentioned, so after the quote of Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, and this is even the case with the unbelievers. I mean, we even find this to be... In a, to happen with the unbelievers, that when they rebel against their rulers, it results in corruption. He said, and this is even the case with the unbelievers. When they stand against the one in authority over them and rebel against him, then their state of security is destroyed. And they enter a state of killing and slaughter. And they have no state, and they have no stability, as is witnessed in the revolutions which have occurred in history. So, how about rebelling against the ruler of the Muslims? So, it is not permissible to rebel against the rulers, even if they are open sinners, as long as they have not exited the religion. Then he gives a hadith. He, alayhi salatu wassalam, said, Isma'u wa ati'u illa an taraw kufran bawahan indakum min Allahi fihi burhan. A saying of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Hear and obey unless you see open kufr, open unbelief, for which you have a clear proof from Allah. They mentioned in a footnote reported by Al-Bukhari as hadith 7056 and reported by Muslim. And it's from a hadith of Usaid ibn Hudayr radiallahu anhu. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, So wickedness and sins do not necessitate rebelling against them. Contrary to the khawarij, and the Mu'tazila, those who hold rebelling against them, if they have sins and commit evil acts. So they say, in the Khawarij and Mu'tazila, they say about wicked rulers, they say, this is commanding the good and forbidding the evil. And what they intend by that is rebellion against those in authority of the affairs of the Muslims. I mean, that's the saying of the Khawarij. They hold the Khawarij and the Mu'tazila. They hold rebelling against the Muslim rulers if they, if they're guilty of sins. And they they call it. They don't call it rebellion. They call it urging the good and forbidding the evil. But as the Sheikh said, what they intend by that when they say this word in urging the good and forbidding the evil, what they intend by that is rebellion against those in authority of the affairs of the Muslims. And then he said, he makes an important point that we need, to, we need to know. So the fundamental principles of the Mu'tazila are five. And then he gives them the five principles of the Mu'tazila, which they base their position upon. 
He said, so the usul, the fundamental principles of the Mu'tazila are five. The first is at-tawheed, divine unity. Obviously, each of these words, they use a word, the word is correct, but what they use it for is false and futile. So the Shaykh gives the word that they use for the principle, and then he explains what they mean by it, the false meaning they, they give to it. So he said, the first is at-tawheed, divine unity. And its meaning means mean that, mean that they use for it. Its meaning is negating the attributes. Denying Allah's attributes. When they say, when the Mu'tazila say we believe we have Tawheed, it means to deny Allah's attributes. And they hold that whoever affirms the attributes, then he is a mushrik. So we should realize this when, the, when we see that the Mu'tazila using the word Tawheed, that what they mean by it is denying Allah's attributes. They don't mean the Tawheed that the people of the Sunnah mean. They mean denying Allah's attributes. Then he gives the second principle. He said the second principle of the Mu'tazila. The second is Al-Adl, justice. And its meaning, its meaning with them is, what they mean by it, is denying pre-decree, denying Al-Qadr. So they say that affirming pre-decree is tyranny and oppression. And it is obligatory upon Allah to be just. That's their second principle. So obviously their meaning, what they mean by it, is something false and futile, to deny pre-decree. They say because if we affirm pre-decree that Allah has already written down everything and knows it's going to happen, then that's oppression upon the people. Then the third principle of the Mu'tazila, the third is al-amr bil ma'roof wa nahi anil munkar, commanding the good and forbidding the evil. He said, and what they intend by that is al-khuruj, is rebelling against the Muslim rulers if they commit sins which are less than less than unbelief, less than kufr. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, and this is itself evil. And it is not from good whatsoever. I mean, rebelling, this is their third principle, rebelling against the Muslim rulers if they're sinful. And they call it ordering the good and forbidding the evil. Shaykh Fawzan said, this principle of theirs, this, this of theirs, it itself is evil. Rebe- this rebellion itself is evil. It is not good whatsoever. It's not, nothing to do with the good, commanding the good. Then the fourth principle, he said, the fourth is al-manzila, Bain al-manzilatayn The station between the two stations And it is to pass judgment Upon those guilty of major sins That they have left Islam But have not entered into unbelief So this is the fourth principle of the Mu'tazila That they innovated That they say whoever commits major sin Then he has gone outside Islam. But he has not entered into kufr. He is in a position between the two. Shaykh Fawzan said, And as for the khawarij, then they judge, they pass the judgment upon him of unbelief. You know, the, the khawarij say about a person who is guilty of major sin, he's an unbeliever. Whereas the Mu'tazila say, no, he's outside Islam, but he's not, into, not entered into kufr. He's in between the two. Then the fifth principle of the Mu'tazila, he said, 
is infadul wa'id, enforcing the textual threats. And its meaning is that whoever dies upon a major sin, from the major sins, which is less than shirk, then he will remain forever in the hellfire. That's what the Mu'tazilah say. I mean, for certain, he is going to be forever in the fire. That the threat that's upon him, it must be enforced. Sheikh Fawzan said, so they agree with the Khawarij with regard to what happens to him in the hereafter. And they differ with the Khawarij about him being in a position between the two positions. I mean, whereas the Khawarij, they say, no, he's a kafir. A person commits major sin, then he's left Islam, he's a kafir. Whereas the Mu'tazila say, no, he's left Islam, but he hasn't entered into kufr. He's in a position between the two. Then Shaykh Fawzan said, and Al-Qadi Abdul Jabbar, who was one of their imams, who was one of the imams of the Mu'tazila, he wrote a book about these things, which he called Sharh al-Usul al-Khamsa, an explanation of the five principles. I mean, this Mu'tazili, he wrote this book explaining their five principles. Then with regard to the next and last point, point number 158 is a continu- continuation. Even if they oppress. A continuation of point 157. That we do not hold rebelling against our rulers and those in authority over our affairs. وَإِنْجَارُوا Even if they are oppressive. Sheikh Al-Fawzan said, Al-Jawr ma'anahu al-Dhulm The meaning of Jawr is Dhulm, oppression. Even if they commit oppression. He said, Even if they transgress and oppress the people by seizing their wealth and beating their backs, or by killing the Muslim. Then they, meaning the people of the Sunnah, they do not still hold rebellion against them. Due to his saying, alayhi salatu wassalam, isma' wa ati' wa in ukhidha maluk wa julida dhahruk. Hear and obey, even if your wealth is seized and your back is beaten. In a footnote, they mention this hadith is reported by Muslim. From a hadith of Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman radiallahu anhumah. And the reality is that this is one narration that Muslim brings two narrations from the hadith of Hudayfa. The first is the long and famous narration reported by both al-Bukhari and Muslim. That Hudayfa radiallahu an said, the people used to ask Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the good. But I used to ask him about the evil, for fear that I should, for fear that it should reach me. So I asked him that Allah has come to us with this good. Will there be any evil after this good? The long and well-known hadith. So that's the first hadith that Muslim brings, and then he brings a supporting narration. This narration also from Hudayfa, that he said this as part of that. 
then because there's some speech about this narration, then we just mention that there is an authentic witness to it as well. There's an authentic witness to this from a, from a different companion, from a hadith of Ubada ibn As-Samit, radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Isma' wa ati' fi usrika wa yusrik, wa manshatika wa, wa makrahika, wa atharatin alayka, wa in, wa in akalu malak wa darabu dhahrak, from Ubad ibn al-Samit that the Prophet said hear and obey in what is difficult for you and what is easy for you and in what you like and in what you dislike and when undue preference is given against you and even if they devour your wealth and beat your back unless it is a sin. You know, unless what they command is a sin. This hadith has been reported by Ibn Hibban and Ibn Abi Asim in his book As Sunnah and declared Sahih authentic by Shaykh Al Albani. And this is a witness for this hadith here. This hadith of Hudayfa radiallahu anh, with this wording that Shaykh al Azam brings, hear and obey, even if your wealth is seized and your back is beaten. Then Shaykh al Fawzan finishes by saying, so having patience with them, I mean with the rulers who are oppressive, having patience with them has more right than rebelling because of the tremendous evils which result from rebellion. So this is a case of taking on the lesser of two harms to repel the greater harm. And it is a principle with the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. It is a principle with the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah. And the Prophet ﷺ commanded having patience upon the oppression of the rulers. Even if they oppress and transgress and commit evil acts. And that's where Sheikh Fawzan ends the explanation of this point. And then finally, a small point from Sheikh Al-Albani that he mentions in his notes, that he said, on this same point, and we do not hold rebelling against our rulers and those in authority over our affairs, even if they are oppressive. Shaykh al-Albani said, Rahimahullah, the explainer, Ibn Abil Iz, mentioned many ahadith about this, which you can see referenced in his book. And then he said, and he brings a quote from him, from Ibn Abil Iz, he said, as for adhering to obedience to them, even if they are oppressive, then it is because of the evils which are produced by rebelling against them. These evils being many times worse than what their oppression itself produces. Indeed, 
having patience upon their oppression, wipes away sins. Because Allah did not give them authority over us. He didn't give the oppressive rulers authority over us. Except because of the corruptions, except because of the corruption of our actions. And recompense comes in accordance with the type of the deed. So what is upon us is to strive with regard to istighfar, seeking Allah's forgiveness, and tawbah, repentance, and rectifying our actions. He, the Most High, said, وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِن مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَيَعْفُوا عَنْ كَثِيرٌ Surah Ash-Shura, the 42nd Surah, Ayah 30, with the explanation, whatever calamity befalls you, then it is because what it is because of what your own hands have earned. And Allah pardons a great deal. Then he gives Ibn Abil Iz quotes a second ayah in this regard with regard to oppressors being over other oppressors. وَكَذَلِكَ نُوَلِّي بَعْضَ الظَّالِمِينَ بَعْضَ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ Surah Al-An'am, the sixth surah, ayah 129. With the explanation, likewise, we place some of the oppressors in authority over others because of the deeds which they earned. Then Ibn Abil Iz said, So if the subjects, if the people under the rulers, want to free themselves from oppression from the ruler, then let them leave oppressing. Let them leave aside oppression. Then Shaykh al-Albani comments and finishes by saying, I say, this contains an explanation of the way to free yourselves from the oppression of the rulers. Those who are from our, of our skins and who speak with our tongues. And it is and it is, I mean, the way that the, the people can free themselves from the ruler's oppression, and it is that the Muslims repent to their Lord, they turn in repentance to their Lord, and they correct their beliefs, they correct their aqidah, and they bring up themselves and their families upon the correct Islam, realizing his saying, He the Most High. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Surah Al-Ra'ad, the 13th Surah, Ayah 11, with the explanation that Allah does not change the condition of a people until they change themselves, until they change what is in themselves. And Shaykh Al-Bani said, and this was indicated by one of the callers of the present age, who said, establish the state of Islam in your hearts, it will be established for you upon your land. Then Shaykh al-Bani said, and the way of freeing ourselves is not what some people falsely think, in mean, the way to free ourselves from oppression from the rulers, it is not what some people falsely think that it is by armed revolution against the rulers, 
by means of military coups. Since this, along with the fact that it is from the modern-day innovations, then it is also contrary to the texts of the legislation. From them being the command to correct what is in ourselves. So it is essential to correct the foundation in order to build the structure upon it. وَلَيَنصُرَنَّ اللَّهُ مَنْ يَنصُرُهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَقَوِيٌّ عَزِيزٌ Surah Al-Hajj, 22nd Surah, Ayah 40. وَلَيَنصُرَنَّ اللَّهُ مَنْ يَنصُرُهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَقَوِيٌّ عَزِيزٌ Surah Al-Hajj, the 22nd Surah, Ayah 40, with the explanation, and Allah will certainly aid those who aid His religion. Allah is certainly the strong, the almighty. Walhamdulillah, wa sallallahu ala muhammad.